0: I'm excited to introduce our next guest, Pastor Derek Schoenhoff. He is the lead pastor of AVIDA Community, and he's a missionary, teacher, author, and Derek just has a ton of experience uh, globally. And I just feel like there's a lot of relevant things that he will be sharing with us and challenging us. And so Derek, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, I'm really excited to pick your brain because I know you just have so much to share, so I really appreciate your time. Oh, thanks, John. Appreciate being on here. Yeah, so you're a YWAMer, um, and you've been teaching and speaking and traveling YWAM for the last 20 years. So you've been around a lot. I hear that you've been to, what, close to 100 countries?
1: 99. Yeah, one country away. And do you have plans on reaching your 100th nation? Yeah, probably. I want to. Uh, we want to go visit my my sister, uh, my wife's sister, and her husband live in Vietnam. So that would okay. be country number one hundred. I haven't been to Vietnam yet. So.
0: Oh wow, wow! Yeah. Do you like pho? I do. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I hear their pho is pretty good. Yeah, pretty, <laughs> they're pretty good at it. <laughs> yeah. Great. So uh, you've traveled a lot. You've lived in different countries. Even your upbringing you've lived around the world and your parents brought you around the world to different settings. Um, Yeah, what's on your heart to encourage missionaries that are struggling probably with homesickness, cultural stress, you know, all those things. What are some things that you would say to them?
1: Well, that's an interesting question. I think that there are a lot of differences in our culture that People haven't faced before with technology and things like that that um, is at our disposal. It's been really useful for missionaries to have access to the Bible, have access to tools they can use, and things like that. But it can also be kind of harmful, I think, for some missionaries in the sense that before you had all of this technology, you would move to a different country. Um, maybe there was a different language, there was a different culture, you were kind of forced, we call it immersed in the culture, you were kind of forced to have to learn the language because yeah. you needed to, right? And you were forced to build relationships because otherwise you wouldn't have any friends, you wouldn't have any people you were interacting with, yeah. right? Whereas nowadays, it's a lot harder for missionaries to engage with the culture that they've moved to because they're still so attached to their own home culture. They can watch Netflix, they can watch That's right. whatever um, streaming service they want to watch. They have access to whatever music they want to listen to. They are still connected on social media, so they're chatting with their friends up back home all the time. And they are there's a kind of a strong temptation to not actually be forced to engage with the culture that they're mm-hmm. in. So then they complain about loneliness and stuff or being isolated from family, Well, the reason why they're lonely is because they're still so engaged with their culture back home through movies, through social media, through streaming and all that stuff, that they're not actually taking the time that they need to take to fully immerse in the culture that they're in. I think that there's so many voices speaking to us right now. When a pastor is speaking in in a congregation, for instance, he's not the only one speaking at that moment people are getting notifications on their phones they're getting text messages they're getting people asking them questions they're getting news updates sports updates all these things are going on while the pastor's up there speaking and so the pastor is actually competing with a lot of different voices well it's kind of the same thing in the missionary field in that if missionaries have all these different voices around them they aren't taking the time to really seek the voice of god Good. and they will spend more time venting with a friend online or seeking people's opinions about stuff or messaging their friends to say hey this and this happened to me today and what do you think i should do about this th- they're not they're not actually seeking the lord mm-hmm. and there's that verse that says if you seek me you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart and so God makes this makes this promise that says, if you seek me, you will find me. Yeah, That's a wonderful promise. But then there's that conditional statement, if you seek me with all of your heart. And I sometimes tell people the reason why uh, people aren't discovering God and finding him is because they're not seeking him with all of their heart. And I think when you're on the mission field, the temptation is to listen to so many other voices, be influenced by so many other people, and actually spend very little time listening for the voice of God. Oh, that's good. And if they listen to the voice of God, he will lead them in the way they should go. He will comfort them. He will strengthen them. He will actually introduce them to people. Some of my most divine contacts that I've met and, and people that I've interacted with that were so important in my life, in my journey, were just brought to me by the Lord. But if I would have had my head stuck in... Social media and attached to a device all the time. I would have never met those people. That's
0: good. Yeah, you brought up hearing the voice of God. Uh, Derek, you've been speaking in so many missionary training schools around the world. And I know you teach a variety of different topics. But one of the things that I appreciate about your particular teaching on hearing uh, God's voice is that, one, you, you approach it from an intellectual point of view a biblical scriptural point of view and then also from personal experience what are some foundational things that you found in your life that's so crucial in understanding the the big topic
1: of hearing God's voice well first of all you have to believe that he speaks and if you ask most Christians like how does God speak they'll say well through his word you know and what they mean is like through the bible and uh, of course that's true i mean he wrote a book and from that book there's a lot that we can learn but if you read his book <laughs> you'll you'll notice some some things there's some things that stick out to you one is that he speaks a lot in that book it says and god said and the lord said and god commanded and the lord commanded and you know um situations where people heard god's voice there are 2700 of those instances in scripture wow. So, if you think the average Bible is about a thousand pages, that means that God is almost speaking three times a page. Wow. Right? Yeah. So, not and it's throughout the entirety of the Bible. So, for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years, God spoke. And He didn't just suddenly stop speaking. I mean, that would be absurd. Why would He stop speaking? Yeah. He's been speaking for thousands of years, and then suddenly, in our generation, He stops. It doesn't make any sense. Um, and you can see even in the book of revelation the book of revelation ends with god speaking yeah. you know so even in in the end times god is speaking right yeah. so we know that that he is speaking and sometimes we read scripture and we read and god said to ezekiel and god said to hagar so he's speaking to men and women not just men but um you don't pause to think wow god spoke and god said to hagar how did he say it we don't know most of the times where it says God spoke doesn't tell us how. It says God commanded Noah. We don't know how He commanded Noah, mm-hmm. but apparently He commanded Noah with such spec speci- what is it Spe- specificity? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, It was so specific, so detailed that uh, that Noah it saved his family, yeah. right? And it says that Noah did get everything God commanded, but we don't know how God commanded him. There are a few times in Scripture where it does tell us how god spoke for instance the burning bush with moses we don't actually know how god spoke in that moment right there was a voice that came from the bush was it an audible voice was it a whisper was it a loud rumbly voice you know we don't know there are some places in scripture like with elijah where he he speaks in this still small voice there's um times where we know that he speaks through dreams through visions uh, but we don't even know like in the context of those dreams. In the dream was it his, his voice speaking did they see his face it, like how did that work right yeah what it does though is it it just gives us enough variety of different ways that god speaks for us to know that he speaks to us in a lot of different ways <laughs> he does he speaks to us in a lot of different ways and uh, for some people it might be through a sign one of the biggest examples of that was when the angels said to the shepherds and you shall find a sign right mm-hmm. you're going to find a baby lying in a manger wrapped in these swaddling clothes and and they found it exactly as the angel had told them right so sometimes he speaks through signs sometimes he speaks through um things that make sense yeah. there's a scripture where it says that, and it made sense to the holy spirit and to us yeah that we should make this decision <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, sometimes yeah. It's, it's like well it just makes sense yeah you know? i mean it's kind of obvious right so there's lots of different ways but probably the most important thing I've been learning just in the last probably year about all of this uh, is is God's most important title and I've read there's a book out I read 77 names of God you know I've read like all these different theologians who have stuff about God's titles and names and things like that and we love his titles I think one of my favorites is Jehovah Cherub the Lord is my weapon and the Lord is my sword yeah uh, that's awesome I think a lot of missionaries love Jehovah Jireh right <laughs> yes. God is my provider yeah <laughs> right so there's lots of names of God lots of titles that he has but but in all of these books and in all of these things that I've read there's one title that I haven't seen mentioned mm-hmm. and yet I think it's his most important one it's his most important identity and This past year, as I've kind of come to this realization, I've thought about, like, well, why why do I feel so strongly that this would be his most important identity? And I think it's because it's the first thing he mentions about himself. Mm -hmm. And it's also the identity that has come under the most attack. And that is that he's creator. Whoa. That he is the creator. It's the first thing we read about him. In the beginning, God created. And suddenly we realize... He's the master artist behind the art. He's the coder of coders. He's the engineer of engineers. Whatever you want to say, Yeah. God was the one who created this. And in the beginning has become a literary term, kind of like um, once upon a time or something mm-hmm. like that. But when the Bible was written, it actually wasn't a literary term at mm-hmm. the time. What Moses was writing was in the beginning. So he was in it. He was in the beginning. Yeah. He wasn't just on the outside of it, but he was in the beginning. And in the beginning, God created. And the reason why this is such an important title is because suddenly we recognize he is the source of all knowledge, of all wisdom. Yeah. Because he was there from the beginning. He knows who your great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandmother was. That's how well he knows you, John. Mm-hmm. He knows who she was. Yeah. And and he knows all the righteous decisions that she made that was passed down from generation to generation to influence who you are today. Yeah. And not only does he know her, but he actually created her too. Yeah. Right? And loved her. Yeah. And Jesus died for her. Right? That's how well he knows you. So when he calls you to do something, he's not just saying hey, I think this is a good idea for you, John, but he actually knows every aspect of your DNA wow. and that what he is calling you to is what is best for you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So when these missionaries or people are struggling overseas, you know, and it's not just missionaries, there can be Christian business people, yeah. people that are involved in the arts, all kinds of things who are who love the Lord and are struggling overseas. But if God has called them to it, you know, he's kept in mind who their entire being is. And you know, as as people who are dads, you know, not only does he call us, when he calls us to something, he's calling our whole family. He's yeah. got all of our kids in mind. He's yeah. actually thinking of what's best for our kids too, not That's just fun. for us. Right. Yeah. So he doesn't just call me and then I drag my family along. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like he calls all of us. Wow. And if there's missionary couples that are out there where, you know, they're not engaging their children in also doing ministry, yeah. then you're missing Part of the point of why he has you there. Wow. Because he's called your whole family there. That's right. Right? So, to understand that God is creator is critically important to hearing his voice because it's the first time he spoke. Yeah. yeah, Right? And God said, let there be light. Or in Hebrew, light be seen or light be revealed. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, that was the first time God spoke. If you don't believe he spoke at the very beginning, you're going to have a hard time believing that he speaks now. Wow. Right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean if you don't believe that he can actually create with his words, you're gonna have a hard time believing that he's creating now, today. Wow. And he still is. He speaks things into being to us in the place of prayer. Yeah. That's how he creates is through us now. You know, he he creates a new you, it says in Second Corinthians and in Ephesians. It says that God is creating a new you. It says that we are we are made new in the attitude of our minds, right? Yeah. It says that we are a new creation in Christ. Wow. So he's still creating, yeah. even today, you yeah. know? And one of the things he's creating is a new you. And so when you understand all of that, you, you you suddenly realize, wow, this is a really important thing that God is creator. It's actually very critically important to us relating to him, to us trusting him to us believing that he's full of wisdom yeah, and to us tapping into that and to us understanding that God knows what is best in every situation for us because yeah. he's the ultimate creator and designer. Yeah. This is how crazy it is, John. So one time I was speaking, I, I was asked to speak on recognizing the voice of God and I was, um, talking about how God was creator and all that. And the weirdest thing happened to me. And, uh, I've never had this happen before, and it hasn't happened since. But I was on stage, I'm talking, and all of a sudden, it was like from my waist down, I couldn't move my legs. Mm-hmm. I couldn't move them. It was like they were stuck in concrete or something. It was like it was like a Korean mafia movie or something, <laughs> where they like, poured concrete on <laughs> my legs and let them harden, you know, while they're torturing me or something. Yeah, I couldn't move. So not knowing what to do, because I'd never experienced this before, just yeah. probably like most people. Uh, I just said to the audience I was speaking to. I just said uh, I can't move my legs, and they all just stared at me. And I said, um, I I can't move my legs from the waist down. It's like they're stuck in concrete or something. Yeah. And everybody was just kind of like, mm hmm, mm hmm, you know. And finally, I said to the guy who invited me to speak, I said, uh, you know, I can't move my legs, and he's like, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden he says, wait, can you can you move your legs? I said, no, that's what I'm saying. Cause I yeah. can't move my legs, right? <laughs> So they're all just staring at me. I'm super uncomfortable. I'm already thinking about like, what about when I have to eat? What about when I go to the bathroom to cut the stage out? Or how's this going to work? Because I can't move my legs. Then it kind of got bizarre. This, This guy who was from Tonga, who was like this big Tongan guy where, you know, he had played rugby and all this stuff. He gets up from where he was sitting, comes running up on the stage. I don't know what he's doing. Uh Comes running up on the stage, lowers his shoulder into my hips for like some kind of tackle. Yeah. Hits my hips. And, you know, I'm not as big as he is. And (laughs) I don't even move. It's like my clothes almost didn't even move. I don't even know if they did or not. But he almost like dislocates his shoulder. He hit me so hard and I didn't move. He falls back, sits on the stage, and shakes his head. Kind of like a cartoon almost at this point. Yeah. And says, oh, he can't move his legs. And I said, yeah, that's what I said. And I said I can't move my legs, so it's just kind of weird. And then this guy in the audience raises his hand and he says, uh, "Do you want us to pray for you, dude?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, that'd be great." So they all come up, and felt really weird to have them all lay, lay hands on my yeah. legs, but they're praying. And so I'm like, "What are they praying?" And and this one girl's like saying, um, "You know, in the name of Jesus, move your legs," and that didn't work. And somebody <laughs> else is like, "Oh Lord, help him to move his legs," and I was like, "I like that prayer." Yeah. And then um, this one guy starts crying. And he's just sobbing. He's like, ah, ah, ah. like that kind of crying. Right? Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. And then pretty soon, a bunch of others of them started crying. Yeah. And I thought, should I be crying? They're my legs. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and uh, and I'm not crying, and but I'm totally confused. Like I yeah. have no idea what's going on. And I'm trying to listen to what what are they praying. And all of a sudden, I hear this one guy, and he's like, Oh God! He says, "Forgive me." And he's just crying. He's like, all my life I've believed in the the lie of evolution, and you are the creator. And then I realized all of them were weeping and repenting for having believed this lie that has set itself up against the knowledge of God, as Paul would say in Romans chapter one. And they are repenting for that and saying, God, you are the creator. And as I'm listening to this, all of a sudden my left knee flinches Mm-hmm. And this girl looks up at me, and she's crying. She's like, "Can you move my leg?" I said, "Yeah, come on, <laughs> my leg." And um, they all just kind of like sat down, and and I thought, here they had asked me to speak on recognizing God's voice, and they didn't even believe He spoke at the beginning. Wow! And the Lord kind of connected all of that for me. I, yeah. I can't really say that before that that I didn't that I thought it was really that important. I I understood, you know, there's different views of how things started and everything. Yeah. But I didn't realize it was this important to God, and it was also in the way of these students for hearing God. Mm-hmm. Right? It was like I was walking along, and God just suddenly grabbed my legs and said, Don't move. Yeah. Until we deal with this. And after we dealt with it, he'd let go and I could keep walking. That's amazing. And so that's when I realized this is so critically important um, is that he is the creator. Wow. And he's the he's the designer of everything. Yeah. And he's the source of knowledge. Yeah. And the source of wisdom. Yeah. And James, you know, who's Jesus' half brother says that we should all ask for his wisdom he gives it generously and my favorite part of that is without finding fault so we don't have to be afraid of coming to him Mm -hmm. and he doesn't say when i go to god and i say god i'm really struggling with this or this he doesn't say well derek you should have come to me about this a long time ago i can't believe it like what has taken you so long do you know how often you've messed up because you haven't spent time with me seeking he doesn't do any of that yeah yeah it's without fault yeah without finding fault And he just says derek i'm so glad he came to me about this i have so much wisdom in this area to give you so many interesting things to share with you and what i discovered about hearing his voice is my favorite word in the whole thing is transfer Mm -hmm. that he wants god has an idea yeah because he's a creator and creative people have lots of ideas as we know yeah and he's constantly having ideas And he gets this idea and he wants to transfer that idea to me in a place of prayer so that I can think about it, too, with him. And people say, oh, I don't need to seek God, Derek, because I have my own brain. God created my brain so I can make my own decisions and stuff. Yes, God created our brains, but he didn't create our brains to think independently from him. That's right. He actually created our brains to think together with him. Yeah. Right? And that's the beauty of relationship with God is that we can actually be thinking together with him. Mm -hmm. I think that's what Paul means when he says that we have the mind of Christ. Yeah. right. right. We're thinking together with him. Mm -hmm. And so in all of these situations that people face, God has an answer for every single one of them. Yeah. And he promises that we will find him, but we have to be seeking him with all of our heart. I love how you brought the genesis of God being a
0: creator and him speaking um, yeah, I think a lot of us, we miss that part about God still creating, God still speaking. What was your origin story? When did you start practicing and when did you start hearing God's voice in your life? And how did you steward that and cultivate that? And um, yeah, walk us through that. Derek, I've known you you know, for a long time. How long have you known each other? Since our kid, uh, you were my pastor in Hawaii. Yeah, Um, one of our kids um, was a dedicated with yours.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah,
0: Um, so we have history. But I've always known you as somebody who heard the voice of God, and so yeah, can you kind of walk us through your journey in terms of like how did you grow and
1: steward that gift? Well, I think my parents taught me that god speaks and it was through a very radical moment that they had in their own life my dad was a psychologist and juvenile delinquent specialist my mom was a teacher and they were typical church-going christians um i I would i would say they were probably born again but they were just basically church-going Christians. yeah um but their marriage was a disaster and they were living in the same house because they decided that would be better for the children, but they were completely disconnected. And um, I was four at the time, so I was really young, I don't really remember that. But then they, they had such a powerful experience with God one day. That night, dad had a dream, and in that dream, he heard God and God spoke to him and said, psychology is man's solutions for man's problems and my solutions are in the word of god and if you want to call yourself a christian i don't want you to continue in that stuff i don't want my name associated with the stuff you're doing Mm -hmm. and it so shocked my dad he woke up from the dream woke my mom up said what should we do and he had read this book by a guy named francis schaefer and he thought if there's somebody who can help me think all of this through it's got to be this guy yeah and so we ended up selling everything we had, giving all the money to the poor because that's what the Lord told my parents to do. And we each had one suitcase that we could pack and we moved to Switzerland. And my dad, together with Francis Schaefer, began rethinking through this whole area of counseling and making the discovery that together with the blood of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Word of God, yeah. we can be set free from That's everything. So yeah. And my dad would say, you know, God doesn't want to manage your stuff. He wants to set you free from it. Yeah, yeah. There were people who would, you know, psychology would help people with managing their anger. Mm-hmm. Well, God's not interested in managing your anger. He yeah. wants to be free from it. Yeah, He doesn't want to just manage lust. He wants to set you free from it. He doesn't want mm-hmm. to manage greed. He wants to set you free from it. And... He found that psychology was really helpful for analyzing human behavior, for making all kinds of interesting discoveries about who we are as people. Uh, But as far as the answer to people's problems, they medicated it most of the time. Yeah. Because they they didn't have any way of setting people free. It was mostly just to help them manage it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that has become more and more attached to pharmaceutical industry Mm -hmm. and doesn't actually set people free, but does keep people addicted to these drugs, right? So, (laughs) so, even from a little kid, I learned that, okay, the reason why we're leaving Canada and moving to Switzerland to be with this guy, uh, Francis Schaeffer, is because God spoke to my parents, Mm -hmm. right? And then over the next few years, my parents began to encourage us as children to hear God's voice and to ask him questions. And to realize that we could ask him questions and he could answer us yeah. and he could even show us his perspective on things. I had one friend when I was in, um, I was in sixth grade and he was telling me on the school bus that he, he was a, a Greek boy and, and he was telling me that he struggled with nightmares. And I remember sitting on the school bus with him and asking God, God, what is your solution for this boy? my friend yeah and god spoke to me really clearly and said he needs to give his life to me and i'll take his nightmares away wow and so i said to him i said you know what mate you don't have to struggle with nightmares and he said i don't i said no i said if you if you give your life to jesus he'll take your nightmares away and you won't have them anymore and he said really and he and he asked me how he does that so i explained to him how how to do that and i was 10 years old and he said, can we do that right now? I said, yeah. So he, he w- knelt down <laughs> like on the school bus. Wow. I'm kneeling next to him. And he gives his life to Jesus. Well, the next morning, we went drove past his house to pick him up on the school bus. And I was disappointed because he wasn't there. And then I heard that he was in school, but I didn't see him all day. And then at the end of the day, I couldn't wait to talk to him. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, here he comes from the school. And he comes running onto the school bus, running up the aisle, plunks himself down ne- next to me. And said, You'll never believe what happened. I said, Why? He said, I overslept. He said it was the first time oh, wow. in years that I've slept that long. Yeah. He said, Usually I'm tormented by nightmares all night and I wake up, I don't want to fall back asleep. He said he used to be afraid to fall asleep because he knew he was gonna have wow. these terror nightmares. Yeah. First time yeah. in years that he'd slept with no nightmares, had overslept, his mom had to drive him to school. Wow. And his life was totally different. You know, and so I, I told my parents when I got home yeah. what had happened. And mom was like, let's go buy him a Bible. So uh-huh. we went and bought him a Bible. We <laughs> drove it over to his house. Yeah, and, yeah. and mom and dad kind of explained to his parents what was yeah. going on. And they didn't give their lives to Jesus, but they weren't against it. Yeah. And uh, so from a very early age, I learned to recognize God's voice, to believe that he speaks to us, mm-hmm. and to understand how he speaks to us. And I think that's probably the biggest thing is he does speak and you have heard him Mm -hmm. you just didn't recognize it was him yeah but here's something to think about if everything good comes from god Mm -hmm. which is what scripture tells us everything good comes from god then every good decision you've ever made in your life Mm -hmm. was actually in response to his voice wow yeah is that something oh that's that's amazing yeah so one fun thing to do is to sit down with god and say hey god Show me times where you were speaking to me and I didn't even know it was you. Wow. And I have loved those times with God where he has just shown me times where he was speaking. I didn't realize it was him. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that was amazing. I think that that was modeled to us. Yeah. And I just knew he spoke and I had learned from an early age to recognize how he speaks. And what's weird is in scripture, we don't see anybody struggling to hear God's voice. That's true. There's nobody in Scripture, yeah, who struggles to hear his voice. Even Gideon, he didn't have a problem hearing God's voice. He yeah. had a problem with with what God was telling him to do, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I'm not sure. Let me just make sure, yeah. you know. And uh, Jonah, you know, yeah. he wasn't struggling to hear God's voice. He yeah. heard it very clearly. He just didn't like what God said. Yeah, yeah. So what we see in Scripture is that wow. nobody's struggling to hear God's voice. What they're That's wrestling good. with is should I be obedient? Yeah. To his voice. Wow. Do I like what he's telling me? Yeah. <laughs> and that is a battle. That yeah. is a battle. It's a battle we see in scripture. It's a battle, you know. Elijah's never struggling to hear God's voice, but he's he's stuck in depression. Yeah. Right? And God is speaking to him. Yeah. You know, it's like Peter who's out there weeping bitterly, and the next thing we read about Peter is the angels say, Go and tell his disciples, and especially Peter. Yeah. Right? Don't forget Peter, he's out there weeping bitterly. God, even in those times when we're really struggling, yeah. God doesn't want to leave us in that place, and his voice will reach us. Sometimes we just haven't recognized it was him speaking, though. Wow. And then we wrestle with whether or not we want to be obedient to what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. But then as a dad now, I have an opportunity to teach my children the same thing. I don't want to fumble the ball on that. Yeah. I don't. And so when my son was four and my daughter was three, I said to my wife, I think it's time to start teaching our kids to hear God's voice. And she said, oh, yeah, I think we probably should, right? So, wow. So we sat them down. And what's cute is, you know, kids, they don't have all the theological uh, mess yeah, that yeah. sometimes we have as adults, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said to them, <laughs> hey, real. kids, I said, um, do you think God wants to speak to you? And the answer that Kiara gave was, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, like, why wouldn't he? Yeah. Like, I'm great. Like, why, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why, why wouldn't God want to speak to me? He was yeah. so confident. Yeah. And then I said to her, well, how does he speak to you? And then it was like super silent, mm-hmm. right? She's like, well, I'm not sure. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure he would want to speak to me. Yeah. Right? And so then I said, okay, well, here's what we're going to do. I just want you to close your eyes for a second, and God is going to give you a picture in your mind, or it might be kind of like a movie in your mind that you see or something, but... The purpose of it is he wants to show you what he thinks about you. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's going to give you a picture. And so Kara closed her eyes and a few seconds later she says, I got it. Andrew was a little bit longer. I said, okay, so what did you see? Well, when she shared, she said, I saw this beautiful white tiger. And it was sitting in this field of flowers. And there was a gorgeous forest behind it. And... And that's what I saw. Mm -hmm. And my wife and I about had a heart attack. Because when we were pregnant with Kiara, and we didn't even know we were pregnant, my wife's mom calls from the jungles of Papua New Guinea on the satellite phone. Yeah. And says, are you guys pregnant? We just laughed because we had just had Andrew. We're like, no, we're not pregnant. Yeah. And she says, no, I think you're pregnant. And we're like, huh? And uh, she said, yeah, I just had this dream, and I saw this white tiger sitting in a field of flowers oh in front gosh. of this forest, and I, and I think God was saying you're pregnant. Oh, I just have goosebumps right now. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Kiara had no idea about yeah. this. She was three years old. Yeah, yeah. And I said to her, Kiara, what does that tell you? She said, I don't know. And I said, well, what are some things about white tigers? She said, "Well, there's not very many of them." I said, "Yeah, we say that that they're unique." Mm-hmm. So God thinks you're very unique. Yeah. And she says, "They're very beautiful." And I said, "That's right." So God really thinks you're beautiful, Kiara. And then she said, "It was by itself, but it wasn't lonely. It was beautiful. It was surrounded by flowers and everything." Yeah. And I said, "Yeah, that's right." So God's just telling you that about who you are, Kiara. And then she started catching on. And then she's like, they're super fast. I was like, yeah, they're really fast. She's like, they're super strong. I'm like, yeah, they're strong. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but it was well, so amazing. Yeah. And then Andrews was, was also just as stunningly clear about God showing Andrew exactly who he is and how he made him. Yeah. And it was really beautiful. And so, you know, as a parent, then you just want to keep encouraging them with yeah. that. And okay. one time we were in... We just moved to Castle Rock, Colorado. I think you came to visit us there one time. Yeah, you were in Colorado Springs or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we visited you up there too. But but when we were in Castle Rock, Colorado, we weren't part of a church or anything. And so we we visited a lot of different churches. And and I said to my wife just before I flew off to go speak in uh Korea, I think, or Singapore, I said, you know, honey, when I get back, we should pray about which church God wants us to be a part of. Kind of find a community and stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: And so I flew off to my speaking engagement. I come back and he says to me, you're not going to believe what happened.
0: Hey everyone. We're almost halfway through our first season of Ground Rule and we have been so blessed by the positive feedback we have been getting from y'all. These episodes have been such a joy to record and we are excited that you are tuning in to listen. I have a small request to make. If you have been blessed by our podcast, Recommend us to a friend that would be encouraged and impacted by these interviews. We want these conversations to be heard, and we need your help to get the word out. Thank you guys so
1: much. She said Acacia was standing in the backyard, kind of looking a little odd, like her body was standing straight, but her head was tilted to the side. And I looked at her, and she wasn't moving. And so I just walked out there, and I said, Acacia, are you okay? And she said, yeah, I'm fine. And Hidan said, what are you doing? And she said, well, I'm just looking at jesus and he said where and he's standing in the corner of our backyard yeah and he said is he saying anything and she said yeah um he said we should go to jfc and that was the name of one of the churches we had visited oh wow, <laughs> <laughs> wow. i said well i guess we should go to jfc then you know and then acacia said oh he's gone and that was it wow right? yeah isn't that funny wow so, i mean we should just you know we should be encouraging our children to hear yeah. god seek him ask yeah. him questions and if we really understood the depth of wisdom that god has available for us we should be asking him all kinds of questions yeah but not like questions like you know should i eat peanut butter sandwich today or not you yeah, know it's not yeah. like that but really directional life-giving inspirational questions did you know john over 65%, it's like 65.8% of Nobel science winners were Christians. Oh. When you have all the different sciences, like you know, physics, chemistry, biology, yeah. all those different sciences, over 65% of them were Christians. Mm-hmm. I mean, God is speaking to his people yeah, yeah. and giving them extremely creative ideas to the point where Christians have done so much good for this world People have no idea. There are no compassion organizations that are started by any other religion that are anywhere close to That's the right. size of the ones that Christians have started. Christians started universities. Yeah. Harvard, Princeton, Yale, yeah, yeah. Oxford, Cambridge, are all started by Christians. Yeah. Christians are the ones who started the entire medical profession. Yeah. Every doctor and nurse should walk around thanking Christians wow. for yeah. giving them a job, right? Yeah, yeah. Because and the Christians had the first hospital. Christians started the first Alcoholics treatment yeah. groups. They started the first drug rehab groups. Christians started fighting the trafficking of women in the 1500s already. Wow, that's how long Christians have been fighting the trafficking of women. Yeah, it's nice for others to finally join us. Yeah, but, yeah. and you could just go down the list of mm. all the incredible things that Christians have done. Whether it's Sir Isaac Newton, who was a Christian, of course, pioneering antibiotics, all the different things, sterilization, pure mm. water, all these things were led by Christians because. That's God, who is good, yeah. speaking good things wow. to His children. Yeah, yeah. Right? And it's really beautiful. It's really beautiful.
0: Wow. Derek, in, in my life, in trying to, hearing, you know, to, try to hear God's voice, I think there are times where I felt like I missed the mark. I thought I heard Him say one thing, I go in that direction, and it just feels like it wasn't that. So, like, I've had to learn how to navigate the disappointment of thinking that I heard God's voice. But then in the end, maybe I didn't. And then trying to disciple young people who are now wanting to live a lifestyle of hearing God's voice. And then, but when they feel like they've missed the mark, and then now they're experiencing that disappointment and failure. You know, I've seen a lot of young people kind of almost start to fall away from God in their journey because... They they tried hearing God's voice, but then they think they failed. Um, yeah, what would you say to that? And yeah, what, what would you say to a young person that's just starting their journey and might be afraid to make a mistake in hearing God's voice?
1: <laughs> you know, have you ever sat in one of those cheap plastic chairs and one of the legs breaks? Mm-hmm. You know, you're leaning back on it, you don't think about it, and all of a sudden the leg snaps yeah. and you're on your back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But look at you today. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, here you are, you're sitting in a chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations. (laughs) You didn't stop sitting. Yeah, yeah. And I bet you've even sat in some of those plastic chairs again. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We make mistakes all the time. Uh, Accidents happen, things happen, but we should never stop pursuing God. Yeah. Hearing His voice. We need to have grace for ourselves to make mistakes. You know, Paul said... If we say aloud, we're all going to drown. Yeah. Right? Did that happen? No. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't happen. Yeah. Now, what did happen was as they were sailing, God spoke to Paul again and said, I've decided to have mercy and I'm going to spare their lives. Right? Very important little part. Mm-hmm. So, was, did Paul mishear God at the beginning? No, I don't think so. Wow. But something changed. Yeah. Where what Paul had originally heard from God shifted. Yeah. God spoke again, said, I'm going to spare their lives, but you're going to lose shit and all this stuff, right? Yeah. But I'll spare, not a single life will be lost. Mm -hmm. And that's what ended up happening, not a single life was lost. Yeah. So that's an interesting story in scripture. Yeah. And there's some other stories like that, too. So sometimes it's because something shifts Mm -hmm. and things change. Uh, I was praying about accepting a speaking engagement to a closed nation. They, they want me to come and speak for three weeks. And I prayed about it, really felt I should go. But I didn't have the money to get there. They didn't have the money to pay me. But I wasn't worried about that. I, I prayed about it, and God had spoken, and I knew He would provide, right? Well, I got my, my visa miraculously. I shouldn't have been allowed back in that country for some other reasons, but I got the visa all this stuff, and I just was waiting for the provision. Mm-hmm. I had sent off some emails, made some phone calls, nothing. But I wasn't worried, I knew God would provide. A week before I go, I knew he'd provide, standing on his word, clearly he had spoken, he had provided this visa miraculously. The people on the other end had prayed about inviting me, they felt like they should invite me, so there's lots of good prayer going on here. Mm-hmm. So I have lots of confidence and stuff. The day before I leave, nothing. Uh huh. And the money never came. Yeah. And I said, Lord, what happened here? Did I hear you wrong? Mm -hmm. I know one of the biggest ways God speaks to me is through signs. The visa was a clear sign to me. uh, And the money never came. And you know, we can ask God why. It's a great question to ask God. Mm -hmm. Jesus asked why when he was hanging on the cross. He was going through suffering. Yeah, yeah. And he said, my God, my God, why wow. have you forsaken me? Yeah. We should never be afraid to ask God why. Yeah. But then after we've asked it, we just have to leave it with him. Because sometimes we're ready for the answer, sometimes we're not. Yeah. Uh, and so we can ask him. And when I ask him these why questions, I just say, God, I just leave this question with you. I'd like to know the answer someday. Yeah. If, you, if you show me, great. If you don't, that's fine too. I trust you. You know what's best for me. But God, why didn't this money come in? And the Lord said to me so clearly, you don't know how many people I spoke to to give and none of them gave. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Well, so it wasn't my, it wasn't, you know, anything on my end. Yeah, I, yeah, I was yeah. faithful. I was obedient. I did what I thought God had told me to do. Wow. But when there's other people involved. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not listening to God or they're not willing to be obedient to him. It affects me. Right. Wow. So, I was I was so grateful for his answer. So understanding of why I wasn't able to go. I felt so bad for the people I was supposed to speak yeah. to because I had waited the last minute because I thought God's going to come through the last minute. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't happen. Wow. And so I had to, you know, call them and apologize for not being able to come and for yeah. the, what a, you know, all the disaster created there and yeah. you know. So I felt bad about that. But I didn't feel bad about not going in a sense that I was at rest, yeah, I' had been obedient, yeah, right, and I had heard God, but you know for whatever reason, other people didn't respond to his yeah. Holy Spirit in that area of generosity, right, yeah, which is something that we as missionaries are are called a lot of times to uh teach the church on, yeah to be generous, right yeah um so that's that's another reason why sometimes things don't work out, yeah. Because they involve other people, and we can't force other people to have the same walk with God that we do sometimes. Like, you know, they're on their own journey. So, and then sometimes there have been mistakes. And, um, but here's the biggest thing about those is um, everybody makes mistakes. Yeah. You know, I mean... You have baseball players that make a living off of hitting the ball one-third of whatever. Less than that. Less than that, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, yeah. You know, if they're hitting the cover off the ball if they're hitting that much. But, yeah, 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 You know, they're making mistakes. They, they, there's even in baseball, there's things called errors, but you don't see them losing their job over it. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, David, I mean, obviously, so many mistakes yeah. in his life. Real missteps yeah. that affected his whole nation. Yeah. His, his child died because yeah. of his mistake. There's all kinds of yeah things and yet god never said david had to give up being king mm-hmm. somehow god expected david to stay king yeah and deal with all his stuff yeah yeah you wow. know and we have to stay fast to what the lord calls us to do wow. and deal with whatever it is we're supposed to be dealing with yeah yeah and if it, if it means dealing with mistakes we deal with the mistakes but yeah. but we don't just suddenly stop doing what god has called us to do because we've made mistakes yeah right? yeah right um and so i think we have to forgive ourselves sometimes. Yeah. We have to be humble. Yeah. Ask other people for forgiveness if we need to. If we've made mistakes that have affected other people. Um, but then I work, I've worked with a lot of young people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of questions I'll ask God have to do with dating or relationships, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so this one guy comes up to me and he says, you know, um, I asked God, like, is that the girl I should marry? And the whole thing blew up and i'm just brokenhearted and blah 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 he felt like god had said yes and i said that was the wrong question god's not going to answer that question yeah he said why not i said well because you're assuming she wants to marry you Mm -hmm. what if she doesn't yeah (laughs) whatever thing you thought was god speaking to you it wasn't yeah you can ask god god is it okay to pursue a relationship with that person and god will say yes or no and if he says yes Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> you know? But she is totally free to choose. That's right. That's right? Yeah. She's totally free to choose. And I said, so your question was actually asked out of a place of male pride. Yeah. Because you just kind of assumed, oh, of course, why, wow. why would you? <laughs> you want to marry me, right? You know? <laughs> That's awesome. That's kind of a big eye-opening moment for you. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes we have to think about the question we've been asking God. Yeah. I'll give you another example of that. So I was I was invited to go to this nation where there was um, uh, rebel leaders that were killing uh, other people and they said, Derek, would you come in and, and try and bring reconciliation wow. uh, into this place of conflict? And um, I had some experience with that in the past and so I prayed about it. But I said, Lord, should I go to this nation? And I didn't get an answer. hmm and I was super confused. It's like, why am I not getting an answer? And uh, I said, okay, God, you're not a god of confusion. Like, what's going on here? Yeah. And all of a sudden, I realized something. I was asking God, God, should I go to this nation? And the Lord couldn't answer that question because maybe He did want me to go to that nation, but not right now. Yeah, yeah. So we have to think about the questions we're asking God. Can He can He answer it? <laughs> so I said, I'm sorry, Lord do you want me to go to this nation in response to this speaking invitation? Yeah. And he said, no. And it was so clear. And I was not going to disobey that because my life was going to be in danger. Yeah. You know. And so I, I said, okay, Lord, not going. Three months later, this lady emails me from Australia, says, hey, Derek, I think you're supposed to go to this nation. And she names a nation. And she says, Our Lord told me that last night, and I just want to submit that to you. Um, I have tons of mileage, so I can pay for the flight for you if you'd like. Mm-hmm. And I uh, just want just to let you know. So then I went back to the Lord. I said, so, Lord, do you want me to go now? Right? And immediately the Lord was like, yes. So I kind of laugh. I was like, oh, so the Lord just want to find a way to pay for my flight. Right? <laughs> so that's great. So I hop on a plane, went there. Phenomenal time. It was really amazing. Yeah. And I learned something about hearing God's voice in that. And that was, you know, that even in the questions we ask God... We have to make sure they're not, there's no manipulation there. Wow. You know, that our signs aren't stupid. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, hey, God, um, if you want me to do this, then give me a Ferrari. Yeah, right? yeah, then yeah, I'll know yeah. it's you. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I've never been, prayed that before. <laughs> you know, <that's> right. <laughs> and then just, you know, can you answer the question? Is it yeah. clear? Right. So I would encourage people, if they made mistakes, welcome to the world. Wow. You know, we're not perfect. And, you know, I think sometimes people take the verse that speaks to prophets,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they say, you know, if the prophet has gotten this wrong, yeah, then blah, blah, blah. And um, they, they assign that verse to hearing God's voice. Yeah. But that is not just written to everybody. God is directly speaking to people who have the office of the prophet. That's good. And he is saying, if you occupy this office yeah, yeah. as prophet... You had better be speaking what I am telling you to speak. Yeah. Right? Or there are severe consequences. Yeah. But that is directed to people who have the office of the prophet. Yeah. This is not directed to yeah. everybody. I mean, yeah. God didn't say that up to everybody. Yeah, yeah. And, and people do mistake make mistakes in this. And yeah. it's totally fine. There's You know, God is sovereign. He will, he will accomplish His purposes. And there's room, there's grace. Yeah. You know, so... Um, i found sometimes christians are afraid to say that they were mistaken in this because Mm -hmm. maybe because of that verse to the prophet yeah and so it just kind of like tortures them yeah but that wasn't written to them Mm -hmm. it's not written to everybody and we should be okay saying to other christians you know this is one of those times dude where i i was praying about it and i thought i heard the lord on this but i think i was wrong Mm -hmm. and if you harm somebody then just say you know I'm so sorry. I, you know, I didn't mean to yeah. um, to mess things up for you or hurt yeah. you or anything. Yeah. I just, uh, I got that one wrong. And, and as Christians, we should have lots of grace for that. And just yeah. say, do I've been there. I understand. I forgive you, you know? Yeah. What do you do? Like,
0: let's say somebody approaches you and says, yeah, God told me I am your husband, mm. right? Obviously, um, yeah, that's, you know, wrong. But if you're on the receiving end, how do you guard your heart to something like that where somebody says like, God told me this, right? But you're on the opposite end and you're like, well, I don't know about that. And, and, but there are people that might feel pressure. Well, you know, without using any d- discernment or anything like that, they, they might feel pressured. Like, oh, I might have to do what that person said because
1: they said God said this. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to that? Well, I would strongly encourage them to understand that love is free. It's not controlling. It's not manipulating. Yeah. You know, men tend to try and control through force or even physical force sometimes, right? Women tend to control through manipulation or seduction. Neither one of those are love. Yeah. If, If my wife would have somehow seduced me in the relationship, she would never know whether or not I really love her. Yeah. Because she would know deep in her heart. She had seduced me into the relationship. Mm-hmm. I could have forced her into a relationship. I could have said, if you don't marry me, then I'll do this and this and this. Yeah. The rest of my life, I would never really know whether she loved me because I knew I had somehow forced the relationship. Wow. Right. So we have to understand love is completely freeing because God is love. And God is free to do whatever He'd like. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so, and we're created in His image. So I would just really encourage that person to say, look, who cares what they said? Yeah. Let's just break those words over you. They have no power. It's a sign of their spiritual immaturity, honestly, and uh, and that's okay. If you're in a discipling community, then you want to work with that person, yeah, so they can better understand the process. Mm-hmm. But to the person whom it was said, they are completely free, and you can say, look, you know, you're free to make your own decisions and don't feel any pressure because that is not love. Yeah, um, and just, um, just, you know. You can give that word right back to the Lord where it came from if it came from the Lord and just say, God, I give this back to you. Yeah. I don't know if it was you or not, but I'm not really interested. And if you're not interested, you're not interested. I mean, yeah. you know, um, to the person who said it, one time the Lord spoke to me and said, no, I, I was asking the Lord a question. I said, Lord, what is the test of a prophetic person? Mm-hmm. Um, because I, all these people were giving prophecies, YouTube prophecies and all this stuff. And I was like, you know... Some of them I don't really, they don't sit well with me for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I say, God, what is the test of a prophetic person? And the Lord said to me, Derek, who did I give the most prophetic message to in Scripture? Mm-hmm. And I, I could not think of it. I was thinking, uh, Isaiah? know, yeah. Jeremiah? No. Mm-hmm. I'm like naming all these prophets. I'm like Moses? No. And I'm sitting there thinking, I am stumped. Yeah. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, Mary. I mean, that had to be the most prophetic message. You... Are going to be carrying the Messiah, right? <laughs> yeah. Nobody got a more powerful message spoken to them yeah. than Mary. Yeah. And I said, "Okay, Lord, it was Mary." And the Lord said, "Why?" And I said, "Because she could ponder those things in her heart." Yeah. The biggest test of a prophetic person is can they hear from God and not say a word? Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I know it doesn't sell very many YouTube videos. Yeah. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But I truly believe that is the biggest test of a prophetic person. You know, Lauren Cunningham just passed away. And, um, you know, we were all um, so grateful for his life and ministry. But I know, Lauren told me this, like, probably 20 years ago in Switzerland, that there were so many things that God had spoken to him that he was not free to share. Wow. You know, by the Holy Spirit, he was not free. And I know when he passed away, there were things that were still in his heart that he probably hadn't shared. Yeah. Because... The Lord just hadn't said to him, now is the time to share. Yeah. You know, and so to the person who speaks something out like, oh, the Lord told me you're the one I'm supposed to marry. That is not something you speak out. Yeah. You have failed the test. Yeah. If you speak that out to her. Yeah. completely fail the test. You don't understand the prophetic. You don't understand the weight of the word of the Lord. Wow. And the necessity for us to hold on to it until the Lord speaks it out. And so what I'd say to that person is, you know what, write it down. Maybe show it to your mentor or somebody who you're close to and make them promise they'll never share this. Yeah. But just tell them the reason I'm sharing you, this with you is because someday, if she chooses me too, I wanna I wanna yeah. go back to this moment and yeah, show yeah. her. Yeah. You know, maybe on our wedding night yeah. or something and just say, I just wanna show you this. Yeah. I wrote down Wow. That you were going to be my wife because yeah. I felt the Lord showed me that. Wow. And it'll be so exciting in that moment to share it. Yeah. And so confirming to her. Yeah. And so encouraging to you as a couple. Yeah. It'll be beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Right? But it can really mess things up. Yeah. If you hear from God, you just run out and start sharing things and God hasn't given you the permission that now is the time or has shown you that this is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Sometimes we get the what from the Lord, but we don't think about the how very much, Yeah.
0: right? Yeah, no. Um, Derek, uh, knowing you per- personally, um, I know that you're invited to speak in a lot of uh, interesting places and situations, not just in you know, a church setting. I know you're invited to speak in corporate business settings to CEOs, athletes, or celebrities churches, mission schools, you've done a lot of things. And, uh, but does your principle of hearing God's voice, speaking in different settings, does it change? Like depending on if you're teaching a group of 10 year olds or high school students, or you're speaking in a mega church or to a DTS of like five students or to a really well-known CEO boardroom?
1: No, I think the principles are always the same. They're really simple. It's just that God speaks and Mm -hmm. that we need to learn how to recognize him. And then we need to be unafraid to seek him for wisdom and ask him questions because uh, he's the creator and he loves us. And so he wants to speak stuff to us. And and I'll tell people, Christians are really good at hearing God's voice when it comes to conviction of sin. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, that's like 95% of what they hear from God. But that's probably only about 1% of what he wants to speak to them about. Wow he's yeah. like yeah let's deal with that and move on there's so many more exciting things that <laughs> i want to tell you about yeah. inventions connections that i want you to make people yeah. i want you to network with uh creative ideas solutions for global problems that we yeah. have the lord wants to speak to us about these things right um but we can't do that if we're just fixated on the fact that he's only the judging god and we're sinners and all that there's so much wow. more he wants to talk to us about and that's because of how we see God. Right. Yeah, yeah. And and so I speak a lot on, on how we see God too and who God really is. But no, none of that really changes because I think at the core for every human being is a desire to connect with God. Yeah. And I have spoken to CEOs who have said, I just love this stuff. One CEO, I was speaking to this group and she was sitting there and she was on the front row. And at the end of the sessions there was some feedback as to what are some things that you learned from this time together. And she held up this notebook and it had like probably 40 or 50 pages of written notes that she'd taken. Wow! And here she is a CEO of a nationwide company that is very successful. And she was just soaking in all of this information about how we could hear God. And she was so excited about it. And she was so excited to start making business decisions based on God's leadership because God is the shepherd, right? He's a good shepherd and he leads with his voice that's how shepherds lead is Mm -hmm. they lead with their voice right and so he wants to lead us with his voice she was super excited to to be led by his voice in her business decisions and the lord has led her to invest in some things that have really taken off and to not invest in some things that ended up being total disasters Mm -hmm. and she is just in this amazing season of her life of just following the leadership of god's voice so yeah and then with kids i love speaking with kids um with kids it's funny because with kids, you really have to trust God. Mm-hmm. And what I mean with that is like when I said to Kiara, close your eyes, God's going to give you a picture of how he sees you. Yeah. I'm sitting there going, God, if you've ever given anybody a picture in their <laughs> life, please <laughs> give it to my three-year-old child. Yeah, yeah. I am giving you an opportunity yeah. <laughs> to speak, right? And so with kids, you're really leaning on, yeah. God, I hope you speak. But what I've discovered is every time we give him opportunity like that, he speaks. Yeah, It's incredible. Yeah. I just It's it's amazing to see. With uh, younger youth and stuff, I really love God speaking to them about their identity mm-hmm. and their value yeah. and things like that, because that's what they really need at that point. Yeah. Right. So as we go through these different seasons in our life, we need to hear different things from God and... And this is another beautiful thing about God, is He doesn't love us all the same, yeah. right? He loves each one of us uniquely. Yeah, yeah. And He knows what you need to hear from Him. Yeah. That lets you know that He loves you. Yeah. Totally different from what I need to hear. Yeah. Totally different from what my wife needs to hear. Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing about God, is He can love each one of us uniquely. Yeah. And that's really beautiful. Wow, wow. Yeah. Derek, thank you so much for
0: just sharing all your insights, your experiences. Um Man, I know that this is gonna really speak to our missionaries on the field and just believers in general. Is there a way where listeners can reach you or contact you or, or visit a website or anything of that nature?
1: Yeah, I think um, probably the easiest way is just through email. They can email me at, at Derek at 40authors.com. Okay. So it's D-E-R-E-K at four zero
0: derek seriously thank you i love you i love your family really appreciate you and i'm glad we we're
1: able to do this yeah it was fun thanks john i appreciate the opportunity yeah i love you too man